The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Rydicat. You can find me at Rydicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And sound effects you have heard come from an, our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore seven on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the Borough of Kings. Nice. Uh, and you can find this here show on the Coast of the Podcast Network at CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and leave us the five-star positive reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts, where it really does count. Please and thank you. You could also find us recording mostly every Thursday uh, evenings, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. Um, on the Click Nation's YouTube channel, that's youtube.com slash the Click Nation, and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Again, please hit like, subscribe, and leave, uh, and make sure to hit the notification button so that you know when we are on live. Yo. Uh, tonight, actually, we're, I guess we'll. No, I was about to say I was going to bring up next week's plans, but I think we're going to organically get into that uh, at the beginning of the news section. So I'll save that bit of a bit for later. But for now, we're going to get into books because it was an interesting week. Um, Oh, shoot. You know what I forgot to put in? Hmm. While while we're talking about the first book, um, there was a bit of news that actually would um, interrupt some people's comic book buying. That I totally forgot to um, forgot to put in, but nevertheless, we are going to start off with books with um, Fury Number One, which is uh, the 60th anniversary one shot uh, about uh, one Nick Fury. I was about to say there is one bit of comic book related uh, TV show that is out now that we have not yet had a chance to watch. That is American born Chinese. It's out on Disney plus. So I literally have not made it through the first episode yet. So we don't have much to say about it, but it is out there now on Disney plus on the plus yes. folks. Right. Which we mentioned last, uh, last week, uh, excuse me, last episode, which was a couple <laughs> <of days ago. laughs> right. As of recording, 
we we did uh, our last show a couple of days prior to this, so you might have double episodes this week. Right. So ultimately, though, that's just a quick reminder before we get into Fury number one, which is uh, number one released this week. It's written by Al Ewing with pencils. Well, this book has segments to it, multiple creators on it. So the first section is penciled by Scott Eaton with inks by Cam Smith. The next section is uh, has art by Tom Riley. The following section has art by Adam Kubert. And the final section has art by Ramon Rosanas. Colors throughout the book are provided by Jordi Belair and letters. And you know what happens when I pause when I say letters. Because it is our favorite lettering Python, VC's Joe Caramagna. This issue is an interesting setup. And believe it or not, is actually, actually, earlier in time, it is actually supposed to happen before the events of the stinger in last week's issue of fantastic four what was it number seven yes right so if you read fantastic four number seven and made it through the stinger uh kind of mid-credit scene in that book that is the payoff for what this book essentially establishes and so mild spoilers here we have some setup, nothing final though, but some setup for this new iteration of a classic Marvel organization. Complete, you know, it do, we don't have the setup of the new acronym, but there is another character that has a different version of their acronym, which I got a kick out of. Yeah, if if you know much about the character or the history of Nick Fury, there's usually, well, there's a, a handful of adversaries that would come up, but one in particular that has always been um, um, uh, a, a stick in his, uh, stick in a craw, I guess you would say. Right, would right, right. Well, you know, a thorn in the side, all that. There you go. Same same thing if you're not from the South. Um <laughs> <laughs> well, considering that like uh uh the, you know it's always half if we have all four hosts on half are from the south half are not <laughs> this, is true. this is true um but uh but yeah so this being the 60th anniversary of nick fury we got this we get this nice one shot here that al ewing who has been doing bank up jobs on on these anniversary issues uh in these books that they've been doing because they did ant-man's uh and wasps wasps and i think those are it so far i might be I don't know if i'm missing something i can't remember but i think those are the ones that, that are definitely remembered i feel like there's another one shot that, he, that he, ewing's also done but i can't remember what it is Regardless, I was about to say irregardless, and that's not a word. Um, regardless of that, we get a pretty good, and I will go ahead and say it right now, potential click of the week for me, because we, uh, as folks currently may know, the uh, the current Nick Fury is the son of Nick Fury. Also, uh, you know, due to some MCU leanings, is uh, is black. The MCUification. <laughs> That is our term, and we're sticking with it. <laughs> Pretty much um, of Nick Fury. But uh, elder, older Nick Fury is still around in the one shape or form. 
Right. Uh, I, I think we I think we had taken to calling him the OG Nick Fury. Yes. Yes, that's much. what it is. Yeah, the OG Nick Fury. Um so I was going to say, well, I know I have in my notes that they he meets up he he meets um, but I meant to say meet up with, but regardless, uh there's an old Nick Fury enemy slash archetype that uh the new as Agent 70 said, you know, a new version of this uh of his adversary has shown up. So which causes Nick Fury Jr. to kind of uh um look into some history uh of, of this uh of the character, you know. Um and of course, you know have a have a, a moment or two with dear old dad, you know, in the in the in the end of this with his uh with his new status. Uh and also I guess slight spoiler, a potential passing of the, the torch again. Yeah. yeah. So ultimately, you know, we 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 kind of understand as older we you know, you know, we we do play this one often. Boy, I'm too old for this shit. But as experienced comic book readers, we've seen this happen before. It's always interesting to see, though, a character who literally admits to have gotten to, 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 you know, have gotten a little old and long in the tooth and to actually admit to wanting to pass the baton along. And that's right. what happens here. And it's it's done relatively elegantly, right? Where mm-hmm. we have a character who has long been established. We've seen him. He's not necessarily evergreen right he is fueled by uh the infinity formula but that's not the super soldier serum it does have its limits right, right. and so ultimately you know the, the 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 passing of the torch makes some sense and as we've been wont to say the mcuification of the regular comic book universe continues there's nothing wrong with that here because at the end of the day, you know, the, the concept of Nick Fury and the concept of that, uh, that acronym that's a little different now remains. Whether or not they're performing the same mission, well, we'll see what happens in this new iteration. Right. And I guess another thing to note is that, you know, OG Nick Fury and actually realistically, even this, the, the current Nick Fury, Nick Fury Jr. is of a time. And you kind of, and if you don't know that much about Nick Fury, you kind of get a sense of some of that here, given the uh, what they kind of showcase here in this issue. But um, you know, trying to find a, a new place in this, uh, or trying to find a place in this world that we that that uh, that is already here. You know, the, the the Marvel universe is already here. You know, and I know both Nick Furies have kind of gone through that before. You know, you're like, well, you know, what am I going to do now? I'm still keep doing what I'm going to do. But, you know, in what way that's different from what I was doing prior to this mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. So we get a little bit of that here. And right. it, it makes for a good read, I think. Like, I don't know, for I, I, I may be wrong for this, but maybe younger readers may possibly be put off by some of the... Um, the uh when it goes into the past because you know the past was you know let's face it the the the, the past was a little wordy 
and it's not. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but I'm just saying that it is what it was. There was a lot of alliteration. There was a lot of there was a lot of uh, talking while whether there was action or not. You know, so pages and pages of letters in some cases. Um, but you know that was that was of a time. You know, and sure, some people have called that. Some some folks have called that back at times when when necessary. But you know, we kind of get a little bit of that here. Like I said, that may or may not put off some some uh, some younger readers, but. You know, you might not. Who's to say? Who is to say? But overall, it was a, like I said, it was a pretty good um, one shot for 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 Nick's Fury's sixtieth. Uh, and um, as Agent Seventy said, hey, we'll we'll see what this new iteration of that acronym is going to uh, bear out going forward. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we have, you know, a new start for this acronym so you know we'll see what happens i'm not like i said i'm not uh, you know uh, uh i'm i'm looking forward to some kind of reimagining of what they with what the mission of this acronym is supposed to do yeah it wouldn't be the first time for that either exactly <laughs> so as time goes by this is probably what the third maybe fourth iteration sure you know you know their jurisdiction is going to vary their governing body is going to vary this that and the other thing obviously with right. the with the advent of the mcu that also you know led to the mcuification of this particular agency slash group slash acronym right they they may go under and pretty much be off the books you know <laughs> that happens yep. that, that seems to happen and it's happening so there is that um, so yeah, I think we've pretty much rung that one out. Go check it out if you are, uh, you know, if you have some interest in it. So yep. it's pretty good, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess what, folks? That is our one book in common this week. <laughs> our one book. So do you want to lead? Do you want to follow up with your uh, next book? Yeah, I'll put I'll put another one out there. Sure. Um, and that book is actually going to be okay. I really need to. There we go. Weird things going on on the, you know, uh, they were trying to pull up a book. Storm, number one of five uh, is my book. And uh, it is written by uh, the great Anne Nocenti, uh, with art by Sid Koshian, uh, art, uh, excuse me, colors by Andrew Dahouse, and letters by VCs Ariana Maher. So this issue takes place, uh, if you are watching the video version, you already got a sense of when it takes place because it's around the time of Punk Storm. Uh, and as a matter of fact, they give us a, a footnote of uh, X-Men 176, uh, which I think is when she started leading the team, if I'm not correctly, correct. 176? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's about right. Was this, yeah, because that was, that was, it was after, it was definitely after she got the, uh, the leadership of the Morlocks, but I think it was also after she, she, she and, uh, Cyclops went after it for, but I can't remember that part. No, they had the, the duel was 201, I think. Was 201? Okay. So this was before that. Yeah, the battle, yeah, the battle, the battle for, I was going to say the battle for leadership was in 201. So, okay. So it was one of If I'm not mistaken, 
this is pre this is obviously pre secret wars this is obviously pre but yeah like you said this is like right around that morlock because that's that's roughly when she cuts her hair mm-hmm. you know and she obviously gets the leather jacket from callisto Correct. And they and so they go into that in here. So uh, just a couple of things not to give the whole thing away, but it is around that time you see the team in action going up against, of course, you know, some um, a classic other group um, uh, that they normally would go uh, go up against. Right. The, uh, after- the, the other version of a sisterhood. I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, but yes. And of course, we uh, after the battle, you um, you know, we kind of we. It's weird because it's like okay, there's some explanations in here. It's like you know what, I didn't need these, but I know I, I get why they were done because it's like all right, we got Punk Storm going on. She's leading the team. She's got folks on the team that um, have issues with her new appearance. And I know this is a thing that has come up originally in said X Men books. Uh, but they're using this, uh, and Cynthia is kind of using this to kind of slightly explain the the um, both sides of it, because it, they they talk about the whole the the, the talking about Callisto thing. They talk about you know they even mentioned like why she cut her hair like this. That uh, we've got she's getting pushed back from other members of the team. One notably, Kitty Pride, because being the kid of the team, which again is from originally from those books. You know she's had the issue with it. Kind of goes a little bit more into that. And, um, you know, things around in that. So we get a little bit of that. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't, I don't, F that kid. <laughs> like that, that never made any kind of sense to me, but they're, they're, they're kind of trying to, uh, you know, rationalize it here. So, which, you know, sure. Why not? But, uh, like I said, after, so we get a lot of that and we get, um, uh, Charles Xavier still in the background while still there, still in the background while even though she's leading the team he's kind of exerting himself as he tends to do you know or as he has tended to do which may some may uh, you know think is a little overstepping so you know there is there is a whole those things come from the end and on top of that you know Storm's kind of um starting to doubt and worry about the overuse of her powers or her or her overuse of her power specifically uh during during this whole thing and we also get kind of a um which i think came much later than this but I, we uh we get a little bit of the the swimsuit edition this uh, the marvel swimsuit uh issue uh in this because of something that happens you know or because of where they were when they finished uh battling folks so, uh, but yeah, all of this is in service of kind of, um, kind of diving into storm a, a little bit more. And speaking of which, she kind of does some diving herself, uh, which she, uh, with the doubt that is with her, you know, going through with her powers, there is another kind of thing that's coming into play in the form of, a um, a climate scientist that she meets up with who I suspect has a little bit more, is going to have a little bit more and to do uh, surrounding her than what we know of at this point, because there is a, um, a mysterious adversary that kind of comes in at the, at the end of this, that I, I feel some kind of way is, is probably has something to do with this person. And this person, this climate scientist has some sort of tech 
that's supposed to, you know, clean up the earth, help clean up the earth and kind of situation. So all of that thing is kind of coming together to, um, you know, probably going to come together in a, no pun intended, perfect storm oh. of, a, of an <laughs> of an art. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That was not deserved, but, but, but thank you anyway. So, yeah, um, ultimately, though, it was a pretty good read. You know, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where this is going. Although, as I've just said, I, it feels like it's probably going where I'm thinking it's going. But I would, um, you know, I would be happily surprised, let's say, if it doesn't. You know, and to what end the, this is going to bring us, we don't know. But I guess as these things tend to do, it's like you know, this is these are this is one of those stories that's uh, uh, you know, newly found. I guess, or I'm not sure if we even have a term for it. But basically, as I guess, Agent Seventy would say retconned in. No, I mean, um, at the end of the day, I don't think this is necessarily a retcon until it changes something, right? It's a, it's a in between the raindrops. Well, you know? it adds, right? Because it's, it's kind of one because like, we've had these issues before, like uh, that kind of adds to the story, and, right? And whether that ad changes anything significant or not, that's you know, that, that I guess that's where the the line's going to get drawn, right? But it's definitely in, in addition to a story of a time that we already have, uh, that we already have, right? So, All right. If you're a storm, you're probably going to check this out anyway. So, but do so because it is actually not uh, not a bad read. Okay. And that being said, I guess we can go into rapid fire. I was about to say, I had one book I wanted to speak about oh, sorry, because right. Ryder Cat is want to, you know, load up the minigun before I'm ready to go. <laughs> Listen, one, because I only have four books. Right. I What's know, but you said you mentioned that book, but I wasn't sure if you were actually going to do that for uh, rapid fire or do it. No, or, no, no. I, I, I wanted to speak a little bit at length simply because I, I crammed in reading issues two, three, four, and five tonight. <laughs> I'm speaking of the book published over at Image titled Ambassadors. It's written by Mark Millar. This issue has art by Matteo Buffani. Uh, there happens to be, I think, a rotating cast of artists on this book. So each issue has had uh, one uh, uh, different art team on it. Uh, after the other, uh, the colors on this book are by Michelle Asara Sakorn, and letters are by Clem Robbins. The concept here, you know, bear in mind, I did talk about the first issue, but the concept here is that um, superpowers are somehow granted through tech, right? And a particular a uh, scientist has been able to stockpile superpowers and has created a contest, as it were, to create a group of superpowered rescuers to cover the globe, you know, and, and have ambassadors, hence the title of the book, from various countries uh, represent like certain sections of the globe and work for the public and, you know, uh, worldwide good. What I did not know, and obviously now that I've been caught up, there is a counter group that is being developed by the ex-husband of the woman who is creating this, you know, worldwide group of rescuers. So there is 
you know, the 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 Dom team, you know, we're going to use a fast six reference. Uh, there is the Dom team and then there is the counter Dom team. That is the Shaw team. Right. So, uh, you know, d- right down to, you know, uh, 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 you know, kind of opposites. You know, having, you know, complete opposites. We don't have that fully fleshed out, though. There's only five issues so far. And this is a six-issue limited series. So my guess is that we're going to have uh, – this was the penultimate issue of this volume. So we're going to have one more issue that sets up the conflict and then end on a cliffhanger. So that's where we are now. So you are more than welcome to jump on this because it is uh, – Tried and true concept, superpowers in the real, you know, in, what if people got superpowers in today's day and age, right? And how would people react? And how would people who uh, don't, who aren't born with powers react to suddenly acquiring them? And it's a little bit of Dial H for Hero. The concept is a little bit of Dial H for Hero also. So, you know, there are a couple of like tried and true comic book concepts that Millar kind of borrows from and adapts for this co- for this book. So I found it a pretty entertaining read, and it's definitely a candidate for click of the week for me. And that's it. So now we can go into rapid fire. I will spin up the minigun if if everything is still the same. All righty, here we go. I ain't got time to bleed. All right. First up, I've got Nightwing number 104. I'm just going to talk about the main story. It's written by Tom Taylor, art by Travis Moore, colors by Adriana Lucas, and letters by Wes Abbott. So if you had been reading Nightwing, Neron has been making some you know waves in this book for whatever reason. But now, uh, ultimately, uh, that storyline at least has reached its climax. So that is probably the best thing I can say about this. Tom Taylor does an excellent job of really making, you know, Richard Grayson, Dick Grayson, Nightwing, uh, uh, you know, one of the more likable characters in the DC universe. It leads up to where we last found uh, Dick Grayson, that being Titans number one. That is kind of where um, the ending of this issue leads. So we're a little out of publishing order. You know, just like we were with Fantastic Four and Fury. So that's that. Next up is Thor number 34. It's written by Torun Grumbach with pencils by Juan Gadeon, Sergio Davila, inks by Juan Gadeon, and Sean Parsons, colors by Matt Wilson, and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. So if you have been trying to stay on this Thor book since, you know, the the, the whole Thanos storyline came on, it is a whole mess. I have been out of the loop. I have not read Thor in several months, and this is the first time I jumped on in a while. And it doesn't look like I missed all that much. So I know that Thor is probably going to get a new, either a reboot, a new number one, or just a new creative team sometime in the near future. But it's interesting to see how this story ends up playing out. Um that's all I can say about it. You know, it, it, it's kind of cool, but, you know, it's it's not really doing it for me. And that's it for me. All right, cool. I was going to go back and say that um, for, for those watching the video version, 
Uh, I'll pull it back up really quick. That Nightwing cover seems to be a play on a um, a Twitter meme, and that's kind of funny. Is it? Mm, I believe it is. Um, I, I would have to, uh, you know, but if you're again, if you watch a video version, you can see for yourself, and you and you may or may not know what I'm talking about. Uh, but from there, we are going to go to my books. Oh, right there. And we start off with. Wish I could say we start. We're going to start off with Darkwing Duck, but apparently we did not get that. It's not available. It's not digitally anyway. So that was that's kind of a weird. Wait, isn't that one of the IDW books? It is, but we got and we did get IDW books. We just Mm. didn't get that particular one digitally. So that's that is a. Weird. Also weird. Why can't I find the book that I'm? There we go. Was <laughs> that? Why can't I find the book that I'm looking for? And that book is Saturday Morning Adventures Dungeons and Dragons number three of four. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It is written by David M. Booher, pencils and inks by George Cambadias, colors by Josh Bircham, and letters by Ed Dukeshire. So this is the crew still stuck in the Forgotten Realms. Um, but they have also been split apart, uh, thanks to something that happened last week, or at least two of them got split off from the main group. And that would be Eric and Diana, the, uh, the Cavalier and the, uh, the Acrobat. Uh, and they end up coming up, uh, uh some, uh, you know, uh, they, they end up having a, a, a fight with a beholder. So you got your D and D checkboxes off right there, but, um, but also ends up basically saving the day with the power of family once they get out of the uh, the maze they are, and it's apparently finds out that the person that uh, or a version of the person that they met uh, before all of this went down is not who they uh, who not who not who are they are not who we thought they are. And uh, if you know anything about the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, I think you have a pretty good idea about who uh, who the person reveals themselves to end up being at the end of this book. So uh, that is uh, that is that. This has still been a pretty pretty fun read, and um, I'm looking to see how this is going to end out. Uh, James Bond, 007, for King and Country, number two of actually i'm not sure um actually they they don't they never give the i forgot they don't ever get of it uh the the issue numbers of these but it's written by philip kennedy johnson with art by giorgio spalletta color artist francesco sagala with assist by agnes pausa or pausa and letters by jeff eckleberry so the last time i talked about this book I was wondering whether this was a kind of a continuation of the first James Bond 007 book. And it seems to be the case. Uh, But in this arc, Bond is on the run and he has another, uh, I guess he's been burned or, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, But he's also with this other 007 who was uh, presumed to be dead. But there's a reason about that because this uh, this uh, this 007 this double O not double seven because they're different numbers but this double O has been undercover because of uh, 
a company that pretty much has been taking over the spy game. And to, to go back to the Fast and Furious analogy, there's even a God's Eye technology that I think may have uh, come to the fold uh, during the last arc that is being put to use here uh, in trying to track down Bond and this other agent. And they're getting uh, almost John Wick style um, hunted you know, hunted down by other double O's um, uh, uh, during this thing and other, you know, other agencies, but definitely the the other double O's. Um, so they're basically finding themselves on their own and, and trying to figure out how to uh, work against this, this company and uh, them taking over the world, as it seems. So, and of course, there's a trap because, you know, you, when you're going so deep underground that you have to find some, 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 some help that, uh, you know, ends up getting you put into a position, let's just say, but yeah, been a good read so far. I've been, been enjoying it. Uh, next up is green arrow number two. And it, apparently it says of six. So I guess that is the case. Uh, but I need to, I guess I didn't put that on cause I thought this was an ongoing, but nevertheless, uh, it is written by Joshua Williamson with art by Sean Isaacs, colors by Romulo Fajardo Jr. and letters by Troy Pateri. So we got uh, a couple of things going on here. One, Ali is somewhere out in space trapped, uh, but now he has his, I don't know what she's, what his relationship to him? I can't remember, goddaughter or something? I don't even remember. So um, Leanne, if some of you might know that name, but uh, they are now trapped uh, somewhere out in space, and uh, the the rest of the Arrow family, uh, that being uh, Green, uh, excuse me, Black Canary, Arsenal, um, whose daughter that is, by the way, um, is looking for them. So they go to the what they thought to be the most likely place, uh, you know, to to uh, to to find someone missing, and that would be. Um, under the watchful eye of Amanda Waller, so which means at the end of this book, they've come across um, someone that we have actually seen last week in another book, um, and has had a TV show, um, and has also been in the Suicide Squad, uh, you know, fairly recently. And I guess they're going to come to blows uh, next issue. And apparently there's another version of that same character also with them that I have no recollection of. But, you know, I don't I don't claim to know that much about DC stuff. But I suspect this is a, a newer character. Regardless, hey, still, still checking it out, still enjoying it. Uh, Static, Shadows of Dakota number four of six is my next book. There we go. Written by Nicholas Draper Ivy and Vida Ayala, art by Nicholas Draper Ivy, and with additional colors by Will Quintana, and letters by uh, Anna World Design. So, um, Virgil finds out that this young uh, young kid that he's been mentoring has come up missing. This kid also is a bang baby. Um, uh, so, the he and his family who who knows the kid. Kind of goes to the police station along with uh, uh, to kind of help out the the, the the kids' parents, getting some no pun intended static from the police. 
um, because, you know, tensions are high and police are racist, uh, uh, or this particular police officer that they're dealing with may be profiling just a little hardly, I'll say. Maybe not racist, just profiling just a little hard uh, until Virgil's dad kind of kind of reads them a little bit, which sends, uh, you know, Virgil as static out to kind of look for some clues on it, you know, uh, to try to find the kid. But he runs into um, some issue. Actually, he runs into to, to, to some some bad guys, which he you know kind of uh, deals with. But in that entanglement, brings him uh, into contact with someone else who's kind of working the same angle, but a little more harsher uh, in in, um, in in force used. So they kind of go at it, and uh, which kind of you know goes a certain way. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, even with all of that, um, Virgil kind of comes home to some, some bad news, um, of which I'm sure will be explored next issue. Um, some news that I thought I wasn't sure whether the, uh, whether that was actually the case or not in, in that, but I guess we'll find out. Um, but yeah, cool. It's a cool book. Uh, next book is a new number one. Uh, also from DC called City Boy, and this is number one of six, uh, written by Jack Greg Pak, excuse me, with art by Minkyu uh, Jung, uh, colors by Sunny Go, and letters by Wes Abbott. So I know Age of Seven said he was going to read this, so um, the only thing I am going to say is we meet this dude whose name is Car- Cameron. We get his, we get a little backstory on him, and we basically get the origins of his powers um in this issue uh, oh actually i told agent 70 not to look at my notes uh or no not and i still stand behind it because i just notice uh, what what i have at the end of my notes so since he's going to check out check this out i am going to uh not say too much more outside of the fact that like i said we do get to explore the the how we got his character how we got his powers and we'll say that it's a weird read in the middle of it because it kind of cuts between past and present. But if in, the, in the, as you're reading, like okay, you don't really get get any warning on that, so it's a little jarring. It was like, wait, why is this like this and like this? And then it's like, oh, once you catch it, you like you you get what's going on with it. So that was a that was a choice made, but it was something that kind of distracted me for a, a second or two. But otherwise that, you know, hey, I'm going to check this out just to kind of see what's what's going on and whether uh, they're going to, you know, um, kind of meld this character in with the greater DC uh, universe at large. And it seems that in a way they they might be doing that, given who shows up at the end. Again, not a spoiler, but I'm just saying, you know, there's some interaction that, that is going to that is going to happen. Uh, and the last book for me is Hellcat, number three of five, uh, written by Christopher Cantwell with art by Alex Lenz, color artist KJ Diaz, and letters by VCs Ariana Mar. So speaking of past and present kind of colliding, um, after the events of last issue, we may have found out that Patsy has another new power in it or a power that she's probably had all, all along. Um, 
but we are definitely getting the sense that there is a little bit more to her than we know of at this point uh, as it's come to a crossroads. And as I say in my notes, this is very 90s up in here because you have characters like Sleepwalker and Blackheart, who is the son of Mephisto, all up in here uh, for reasons. So uh, 90s kids rejoice, I guess, because I'm sure those two names mean something to you. <laughs> uh, but also, all of this is kind of in service of um, helping Patty try to figure out who killed a friend of hers, um, who I am suspecting may or may not actually be dead, but was also involved with something having to do with one of those characters that I mentioned. So we all will we'll, uh, get into that. And of course, like I said, there's some past, uh, past and present kind of colliding as there's some. Uh, past recollections going on here that is probably going to infer uh, you know current and future pets yeah, I suppose you know, for or at least as in, in line with the story and that folks is it for me clicks of the week clicks of the week uh dirt basically said that this is the only red book that he read in which is um action comics what is 1055 uh so that is his click i don't think he said anything oh he it, this actually almost made me want to read this book because he was like he wasn't sure why mr terrific is picking a fight with steel which is the only thing he uh pretty much said i'm like yeah i don't know why that would be the case either <laughs> so i mean Mr. Terrific Smart, athletic, probably, I was going to say probably not a match for Steel, but at the same time, I just realized, I just remembered Steel is in a suit, so <laughs> you probably get him out of the suit, and, you know, while probably still somewhat strong, he's probably going to get dealt with, I don't know, who knows, but I know there's that Steel book coming, coming out next week, or not next week, but fairly soon by, by uh, written by Michael Dorn, so I'm looking forward to that also. Uh, do you have yours, sir? Yeah, I'm going to go with Ambassadors number five. Hmm. I can't say I'm surprised by that. <laughs> well, given that I probably gave that the most detailed, you know, uh, review this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and not only that, but you had been talking about it for a couple of weeks. So you. Well, just was- trying to catch up. Right. Because I'd seen it in this week's solicitations. So I realized that I'd already missed four issues. (laughs) You know, and Time Before Time came out this week, and I was actually going to do a similar thing. Or three issues, yeah, exactly. I missed three issues, like two, three, and four. So five came out this week, so. Right. So I understand those feels, but I just didn't get around to it. Because one, I had read a lot anyway. For myself, um... Probably going to be out of either uh, Storm number one or Fury number one, or possibly that uh, Dungeons and Dragons number three. Which um, I guess a point I forgot to mention there was like there was something that happened, and I'm relatively familiar with the cartoon that that uh, that it's based off of. There was something that happened in that book that I didn't expect to ever happen. That may probably happened in the course of the cartoon, but I don't think ever happened. And the resolution of it was just like, oh, no, I just pick it up. And I'm sitting here like, wait, that's, I don't know. 
and as I say in my notes, I have to check the rule book for that, but I don't think that's a, that's a way to, for that to happen. <laughs> so I don't know. But um, I think I'm actually going to go with, um, it's actually kind of weird for me, uh, Fury number one. No, Fury was the... good. Fury was good yeah. because it was, you know, I thought it was well executed. Uh, which again was the um, the 60th anniversary one shot of the character, so um, and written by Al Ewing, which is one of you know one one of my favorite writers. So yep. you know, yep. and still does the good work. So it's it's a good thing. And I don't think we got anything from Tim. So with that being the case, I think we can just push. Well, on other to... other than books this week. Okay, thanks. <laughs> well, yeah, yes, yes, yes. But uh, I think we can go ahead and push on to the news. But first, let's get an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Torrente, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Have you ever tried an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel any time. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash Wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Ah! A little quick on the trigger there. A little bit, but... So I have this little behind-the-scenes game where I try to... um, um, uh, predict when Agent Seven is going to pre- predict the new when in the news sec. I mean the 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 ad segment. I'm proud to say, got it in one, with the exception of what he just did. Right. But, <laughs> and with that, folks, cinematic news. Uh, first up, Venom character Mrs. Chen. I have not watched it, neither one of those movies, so I don't know who this is. Appears in a brief new Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse clip and i'm going to take this time to say that next week we are going to go on pro- uh, movie protocol i will mention this again uh, at the end of the show uh for across the spider-verse but apparently yeah there was a live action uh across the spider-verse spot tv spot and she's in it so what does that mean you you, you think for <laughs> take that to your own devices folks right next up so Deadpool 3 star, that's I, I say that loosely, Stefan Kaptik confirmed filming for the MCU movie uh, has started. So, uh, yeah, it started. That is the MCU reboot of Deadpool. Crickets. Exactly. Um, guess what, folks? Robert Downey Jr. originally met for Marvel with um, for another role and that role is uh, let's just say the main adversary of uh, Marvel's first family and thankfully he didn't get it 
Because <laughs> I can I can't even imagine, you know, how that would even go. Uh, but apparently this came out during um, and actually the the featurette is out there. There's a uh, Kevin Feige and John Favreau uh, sat down for a to reflect on Iron Man uh, 2008. Uh, and again, that video was out there and it's probably attached to. No, it's not. I was going to say it's uh, attached to this article, but it is not. But yeah, you can check the check the YouTube's out there on on Marvel's channel for the for their conversation about my Iron Man. Two thousand eight, folks. That's when this all started. This this whole well, technically, kind of started before that, but you know the the, the main part started before this. So, so and there's a couple of t- other tidbits uh, that came out uh, between the, them outside of that, but. That's the one that this article is focusing on. Next up. All righty. Actress Ming-Na Wen is getting a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. We know her from Mulan and, of course, 1993's The Joy Luck Club. Uh, We also know her from Mando. And, unfortunately, The Book of Boba Fett. And? And The Cavalry. There you go. A.K.A. Uh, Melinda May from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. There you go. But we know her as the Cavalry. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool that she's getting that. All right. And she was in ER. I forgot. She totally. She oh, I mean, I remember her from ER. She was Deb Chen. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I forget that because I was like, dang, there's a lot of people on that show. And it's like, yeah, I forgot she was there then, the, the, for, for a good stint of that. Yeah. But, yeah, she's not just going to walk um, a star on the Walk of Fame. Good honor. So now let's get her back in uh, in the MCU as as her character, <laughs> which I'm sure she has bigger and better things to do right now. But still, uh, Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy discusses the future of Obi Wan Kenobi in the Star Wars universe. Um, you know things like whether there will be an Obi Wan Kenobi season two, and this article misspelled totally misspelled Kenobi. So editors, get on that. Um, but yeah, apparently she was on, uh, uh, entertainment weekly's Dagobah dispatch podcast. And she confirms that is right now. There are currently no plans to expand the story of the Jedi master, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, quote, I always hesitate, hesitate to say no more Obi-Wan Kenobi. Maybe we'll end up doing something that gets incorporated into some of the other stories that we're doing or eventually into a movie, but who knows right now it's still our standard standalone limited series. So, Obi Wan fans, you know, do don't go crazy, but you know, deal with it. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Next up, all right, uh, one of uh, the character actors uh, from the prequels who reappeared in Obi Wan Kenobi revealed uh, what he would want to return in a possible Obi-Wan Kenobi season two, that would be Joel Edgerton, who has done many other things, but we know him in this universe as Owen Lars, the younger Owen Lars. And he said, basically he thinks that the character has come full circle, but there, you know, there has to be something compelling, which is what every actor says. AKA money. That too. (laughs) Well, we know he doesn't die because he makes it all the way to New Hope. Yeah. And also, and as, as we know, thanks to Aunt Baru being... <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Because she's hardcore. Exactly. 
straight up coming strapped. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, uh, folks that were in Obi-Wan Kenobi, Doctor Who adds Game of Thrones, Torchwood, and Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, alum of Indira Varma. So um, th- I think that I've seen this reported elsewhere. It, it's kind of weird because t- folks may know Torchwood is a Doctor Who spinoff. So she's technically already been playing a character in the universe, but she'll be playing another. Now, I'm fairly certain it's not the first time this has happened in the in the, the course of Doctor Who. <laughs> Matter of fact, I know it because I think one of the Doctors was uh, playing a, a you know, totally different character, mm-hmm. but ended up being the Doctor. So, you know, I don't know why people made an issue out of this, but nevertheless, I'm sure she'll be great at it because she's a dope actress. Um, next up. Warner Brothers and DC Studios dropped a final trailer for The Flash ahead of the film's release. I am not watching this, so you know what? I'm not watching this trailer, that is. I'm 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 likely going to end up watching the movie, much to my chagrin. But, you know, what are you going to do? He's going to come out and loving it, folks. It's going to be his favorite film of the year, probably. Get out, everybody! <laughs> I mean, despite... The, the hate for the, the main character, it might actually be a, a personal hate. Let me phrase that. Not, not to, not, not, it's not a wide thing, but for reasons that have already, we've already talked about, it's probably going to be a halfway decent movie, but also there's other things going on with this whole thing. That's like really not, you know, not great, but that's the main thing. So we'll see what age of 70 says about that. Um, June 16th. Or somewhere around about there. Um, Arrowverse star addresses the CW's John Diggle spinoff cancellation. So I guess we come to find out that that um, uh, John Diggle was supposed to be in a spinoff called Justice U. That has now been canceled. And we also come to find out, uh, uh, due to the cancellation, that apparently Diggle um, had some more story to tell, including possibly becoming the new uh green lantern okay john john stewart style um so he uh, the um the, 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 the what's his name david ramsey who portrayed diggle uh through all eight seasons of arrows and went to the other parts of the arrow reverse pretty much said that yeah unfortunately you're right um uh, cw decided to pass on all of their shows in development which we would know about just as you was one of them um, you know, basically says, yeah, it would be great. And that Diggle has a lot of story to tell, in, including the, the nugget that they actually have some stuff uh, about him becoming Green Lantern, which I would have wanted to see because they really did tease that at the end of, uh, I think, Arrow or something. So, oh, well, there, there may be a chance of him to just get get on into the DCU, but we don't know if that's the case or not. Next up. While Gotham Knights has yet to be picked up for a second season, star Misha Collins wants to let the show's fans know that he appreciates their campaign efforts for a renewal. Okay. Sure. I have not watched one second of that show, so. (laughs) I mean, you know, you can hear from the tone of my voice. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Folks, you may or may not know by now, but HBO Max has been rebranded to the very dull name of Max. And as someone on Twitter said, uh, mama call him HBO Max, I'm gonna call him HBO Max. 
but with that rebranding uh, come some crashes after. So here's here's my so here's the thing. Uh, apparently, some people have been uh, experiencing crashes with it. I think I tried it a couple of days ago, and the HBO Max app said, "Hey, you need to download a whole new app." What? On the PS5. Oh, uh, specifically. Um. Actually, I hadn't tried it mobile yet, but uh, I suspect it's probably going to be the same thing. But yeah, I had to download a whole new app, and I did that. And as far as uh, I noticed, outside of a coat of paint, there's nothing really that was different from the HBO Max. So all why you had to get a whole new app for this, I do not know. Oh, wow. It does say that. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Son of a gun. I'm not crazy. <laughs> I mean, I just hadn't used it, you know, like I, I I watched like maybe like two things in the last couple of days. So, you know, I used so, Disney Plus and I you and I watched uh, the latest uh, the penultimate episode of Ted Lasso. Right. So, here's the funny part about that. I had neither until I um until I was like for some I, there was some reason why Oh no, that's what it was. When I when I saw there was like, "Oh yeah, this the, today's the day they were changing over from HBO Max to Max." I was like, "Let me go check and see if they downloaded if they updated the app and then that's when i fired it up and it was like no you gotta get a whole new app you know because i have seen apps would be like no all you have to do is update this app and boom it's a fresh coat of paint and you're good to go interesting so yeah and and i've seen people on twitter i have seen a couple of people uh in places that are not in the u.s but u.s territory said that um it, they were not able to get onto the service where they previously were wow. able to. Yeah, or at least one person. I think I've, I hadn't seen too many people, you know, saying too much more than that. And I'm going to take this time to say that. By the way, uh, if you have a PS5, they finally have a Paramount Plus app that I also ended up uh, downloading last night and firing up. So, yay! Finally, where was that when Star Trek Picard season three was going on? <laughs> Could have used it then. Appreciated it, but now it's there. Next up, though. Interesting. All right, so I just uploaded it to my uh, my iPad. I'm gonna mm-hmm. have to update my other iPad. Just updated mm-hmm. my phone. I'm gonna have to update all my Fire Sticks. <laughs> God, exactly. And that was the whole thing. I was oh. like, now they're gonna if, if they made me do this one, I'm definitely gonna have to go through that whole thing with the rest of them. But luckily. I can safely well, I can almost safely say that I didn't have to resign back in. Right, I did not have but, to either. Yeah, so that's actually a good thing. But also, I don't think I still don't think that I had to straight up change apps. But I'm no app maker. I, I I've you know, I've not made an app, but I have seen a couple of things. But yeah, I I don't know what they had to do in the background. But I don't think they had to do anything because it looks pretty much the same, with the exception of a coat of paint. All righty. So Netflix recently released a still from The Witcher Season 3, offering audiences the best look yet at Geralt of Rivia's new costume outside of the fast-paced teaser trailer. I thought they changed the star for Season 3. Uh, that is for the next season after this. Oh, so this is Henry Cavill's last. Right. Okay, okay. All right. I, I, said this, I thought the same thing. I was like, wait a minute. But then I thought about it. I was all right. I forgot. You know, already, this was already a... He had already put in put in the work for this or something. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and speaking of that, uh, The Witcher season three makes a major change to um, Jaskier's uh, to Jaskier, and fans are already upset. 
Um, I think it has something to do with a relationship that is in the book uh, that they apparently either did not do or they are changing for this. So somebody's always going to be mad about something. Next up. Uh, the trailer for the second season of Star Trek Strange New Worlds is arriving with warp speed levels of swagger, throttling up the action, adventure, and romance that viewers can expect from Paramount Plus's flashy throwback series. Okay. So there is a trailer out there, a teaser trailer. It is. And it also teases the, 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 the Lower Decks crossover, which I have questions about. Uh, but I, I, I almost said it on Twitter, but I'm, and I'm not going to say it here. It was like, wait a minute. Some, I, I'm going to have to look up some stuff because something's not right here. <laughs> but also, it's Star Trek, so there's probably some time travel shenanigans going on one way, one way or the other. But, of the, but I checked out the teaser trailer. trailer. It's, it, it looks fun. Um, I have to watch the show at some point. Mission Impossible 7 reportedly has the franchise's longest runtime, which, uh, reading through this thing, I'm like, that's not, doesn't seem that long. But at the same time, I guess it is. Because um, Dead Reckoning Part 1, which, uh, as we know, this is Part 1 or 2. They're, they're doing a Fast and Furious thing, except for I think they're doing 3. But regardless, um... Dead Reckoning is going to be two hours and 45 minutes long. According, excuse me, according to this article, this beats out 2018's um, Mission Impossible Fallout, which was two hours and 28 minutes. Um, <laughs> and apparently way longer than the original Mission Impossible movie, um, Mission Impossible movie, which was an hour and 50 minutes. Which was a great. I still love that movie. Um, I know people don't like to also, but I enjoy too. But guess what? You can watch all those on Paramount Plus. Plus, not a um, no, not a sponsor. I'm just saying it's there. I was looking through it, like I said, when I was checking out the app last night. Because <laughs> there was a couple of those movies I actually hadn't seen also. So that and I think Top Gun, I'll probably be watching sometime soon. Next up. All righty. So uh, in a 25th anniversary video from Paramount Movies via Slash Film in 2021, Cruise, Tom Cruise talked about the uh, C- iconic CIA vault break-in scene uh, in, mi- in the original Mission Impossible, which had him really physically straining, and apparently it almost didn't happen. All righty. So, yeah, it was apparently a tough one, and he said, I, can't, I can do it. <laughs> I, I'm, I was reading through this. And I was like, I kind of wanted to see the outtakes from that, but <laughs> no, we know about Cruz now being a, an adrenaline junkie. I'm like, okay, I get he wanted to do it, but you know, after what they're saying in this article happened, that's kind of funny. Um, some Fast and Furious news, folks. Buckle up uh, if you haven't Spoiler! seen. Spoiler. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sun Kang reacts to Gal Gadot's return and what it means for Han and Giselle. This is why I was so uh, happy last week because this is probably one of the other, the only good parts. Let me stop. That's not nice. Uh, this is no, you are right. That... Stop lying. You know, you ain't lying. <laughs> this was one of the parts. You ain't lying. And unfortunately, it came near at the end of the of the movie. Uh, so yeah, we found out that uh, Giselle, aka Gal Gadot, uh, who died and if you a long time listener of this show knows that there were two things that we have been um having issue with justice for han and that's that's agent 70s thing 
and the fact that every other person around this character has come back alive, including the person that went out right around the the bad guy that went around out the the time that she did, right? Uh, why she wasn't back and they were, and and matter of fact, I think I said, recently said something about it on Twitter, and now I, I'm not going to take it back, but still. So yeah, we find out she's back. Uh, to what extent? I guess we'll find out in the next movie, because you know cliffhanger. So, and we already talked about why she's possibly potentially what why why she might be back uh last week so you can go check that out exactly i mean we know why yeah next up we know why all right uh fast x director louis leterrier discussed the disturbing jason momoa scene he never thought would be included in the final cut of the movie so we know what it is that we talked about this kind of being creepy and I guess Leterrier revealed he never thought that they would get approval from Universal Pictures to include the scene. So uh, they should have cut it. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of went on a little bit long. I don't and possibly wasn't necessary. Yeah, but yeah, uh, if you if you don't know what scene you're talking about, yeah, the, then you clearly hadn't seen a movie. Um <laughs> All right, come on, come on. Vin Diesel responds to Dwayne The Rock Johnson's uh, franchise return. Uh, I'm not going to go into it. All I'm going to just say is family, and he pretty much says a uh, media point. That, that's that's all. So you you can check out the article for yourself if you wanna if you wanna see what he actually said. Next up. All right, so apparently Fast 10 director Louis Leterrier said not everyone is going to come back for Fast and Furious 11. So, yeah, you know, we complained about Fast X ending on a cliffhanger. So apparently, uh, you know, we just don't know who makes it all the way through. Right. The, now here's the funny part about this is I read that art that read that title. I'm like, yeah, you're talking about the fans, right? <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about. I know. So, so yeah, we'll see when when eleven happens. Although, I also part of me also feels like, okay, or is he saying that because because of what already happened in ten that we know that's right. potentially the case? Um, but we'll see. Anyway, uh, Fast X's um, Sun King addresses, which this is the thing I, I forgot about. It's, it's the only reason why I'm bringing this up. Uh, Fast Sun King addresses absence of F9 star. Um, so Anna Sawal did not reprise her role of L or Ellie. It was L in Fast Ten. Um, granted, she wasn't missed personally. This is me saying that, not the article. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she was set up to kind of be like a, a circuit daughter to, to, to Han. Right. Um, but we, I totally her. forgot was, about that. Exactly. I think I thought nothing about it during that whole movie. So I was like, you know, the way they kind of go through things, it is what it is. Uh, and it says here that actually there was a scene shot that kind of hinted where she was, but didn't make the cut. So I guess it'll, it'll be on the deleted scenes. Vin had a great idea because he loves to talk about mythology and uh, minute details of the characters and their origins and the backgrounds and other characters have that, that have connected tissue. Uh, Kang shared with the insider because the whole theme of fast has always been family. Every character has to be rooted in that. Every step that they take in the story has to be rooted in that theme and the purpose and the importance of family. He goes on from there, but I will not. So maybe 
will she show up in 11 and or 12 if there's a 12? Who knows? But clearly <laughs> was not a significant part of uh, enough to make anybody remember that she was even in the thing. Next up. Oh, yeah, yeah. The countdown to Barbie is on. Shout out to uh, our very own at TimDog98 for writing the story for comicbook.com. Which means it's time for the film's second trailer to be released. And we just got it. And good for the Barbie movie. <laughs> I So I watched this thing. And if that last, um, that last trailer, or the first trailer, I guess you could say, was something this was also something in a in a slightly different direction okay. like it's still kind of bonkers in a way but it kind of introduced something that i guess some would say would probably be greta gerwig staple or or something um it, it definitely subverts what that what that first um part of it uh, subverts what that first uh, trailer kind of brings up so i don't know I, and i keep seeing people like they're going to watch this day one i'm like have at it. I, I will probably watch it at some point because I got to know, but at the same time, I'm not going to be, I don't think I'm going to the theater for this. I think I can wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, though. Um, oh, wait. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Guess what, folks? Speaking of Fast and Furious uh, characters and DC-related characters, um... The Barbie movie almost ended up getting a DC slash Fast and Furious uh, uh, star uh, that in Wonder Woman slash uh, Gal Gadot, but they couldn't get her. So, Mar- what? Robbie. Yeah, I don't. Let me see. Uh, yeah, apparently they they wanted to get her for the Barbie film, but uh, as it says here, it doesn't doesn't actually say why they could. It didn't work out for whatever reason. Basically. Uh, but uh, Margot Robbie pretty much glows about Gadot, says that Gal Gadot is Barbie energy because Gal Gadot is so impossibly beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but, but you don't hate her for being that beautiful because she's so genuinely sincere and she's so enthusiastically kind and that's almost kind of almost dork, dorky uh, as she says with Vogue. So, yeah. We, we almost had Wonder Woman in in, uh, in um, the Barbie movie. Didn't work out, though. Uh, okay. This article says maybe in a sequel. If, this, if that movie gets a sequel, uh, you know, can't be no stranger than anything else is happening nowadays. So, sure. Next up. Netflix has released the first teaser trailer for its upcoming animated series, Skull Island. The story for the show is set within Legendary's MonsterVerse, and the trailer shows off several creatures in that universe in Ravage attack mode okay savage attack mode maybe typo mm-hmm. uh i just saw samuel jackson talking about uh his 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 role in um was that wait was that king kong or skull island was, i can't remember what the name of that one was the yeah king, king kong, kong yeah it was king kong skull island no wasn't that the title yeah. of it i think that's right i think that's right but uh he was he was um it was it was amusing, <laughs> let's just say. Um, anyway, anime corner. And I'm just going to go ahead and say that this is this is the only thing that I pulled for the anime corner before we go into the manga corner. But 
Um, Fantasy Monsters Never Look So Good, Tastier Than Studio Trigger's Delicious in Dungeon. We talked about this anime um, last week. Again, this is being done by Studio Trigger, purveyors of Cyberpunk Edge Runners and Premiere, uh, set to debut in January 2024. And apparently there is an anime teaser out there um, if you are interested in finding out a little bit more about what this is. But basically, Dungeons and Food. Uh, and monsters, which almost kind of sounds like a battleship brigade. Brigade, uh, if you are a video fan, and if and if it is ends up being like that, I might have to watch this. Next up, manga corner. Manga corner, and this is an interesting story, and it's funny that I would pull it. One second. The reason why I say that is that what do you get when you combine the world's most downloaded education app with the number one anime streaming platform? Language app Duolingo and Crunchyroll hope the answer is simple. A new entertaining and dare we say tanoshii, i.e. fun way to learn Japanese. The two companies today announced a first-of-its-kind partnership infusing immersive language lessons with iconic phrases from fan-favorite anime shows such as Naruto and Dragon Ball Z. Oh my goodness! Because I dropped the ball on Japanese Duolingo and because it got hard because I had to remember characters. I was like, oh, that means I gotta sit down and write these down? You know? I I told you, I skipped the character part and just went straight to the thing and I still kind of fell off of it, but, you know... (laughs) But yeah, so I guess you're going to get a lot of stuff like Nani? Yeah, right? <laughs> or You know? So, you know, when is this supposed to uh, uh, launch? I'm scrolling. Question. Um... Uh, Duolingo learners studying Japanese may be eligible for one free month of Crunchyroll Mega Fan Premium Access. Uh, yeah, but I already subscribed. So, as part of the partnership, premium Crunchyroll subscribers will be eligible for a two month trial of Super Duolingo. Oh, okay. I can yeah. get my two month uh, free trial. Yeah, yeah, you can. There you go. I mean, and as far as I know, that Crunchyroll thing might add on to. I mean, I think you're, I can't remember how you're paying, but maybe that'll tack on to what you already got also. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it might be worth it one way or the other. Wow. That's interesting. That would be fun. So, wait, so is this started already? I'm not sure. I, I pulled this last week and I forgot to put it in the lineup, but I'm, uh, I'm not sure when this takes effect. That's so, so weird. But that's cool, though. That's actually such a, you know, a fun thing to, to, to try to help uh, foster learning, you know? Right. And if there's anything people, the, the, the cross-section is going to do, is like, you know what? There are people that are probably watching uh, anime a lot. There definitely is. But watching in subtitles. Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. And ultimately, I, I, I would add that, you know, Roddy Cat and I, and, and this is something we don't always share on the show, but we are both Duolingo users for different languages. So uh, it's interesting that this would be an impetus to jump back into the Japanese lessons. Yeah, and actually, like just like I said, Japanese was one of the languages I was uh I was uh yeah I, I tried yeah I was about to say I dabbled in it and then as I as I mentioned I got to the characters I was like ooh mm-hmm. this is a lot more work than I was bargaining for this is not something I can do on my subway ride home so yeah 
Katakana is kind of a lot. So. Yeah, like it's a little bit more intensive because it it involves more memorization than actual practicing language. So um mm. it's you know, it, it involves, you know, anytime there are characters involved, you have to, you know, just sit down and do it. And that does involve, you know, more more often than not, pen and paper or tablet and 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 uh and uh stylus. You know, right. or Apple video. Pencil and iPad Pro, you know, or iPad, so. Or app or a video game, because there are some, some. Um, I know for a fact there's a couple of video games that, that will just supposedly help you learn Japanese. Right. Uh, that I still haven't messed with, actually, but uh, we'll see. Anyway, move right along. Uh, Trigun... Uh, fastest and feed figure showcases a dynamic six billion double dollar man. The six billion double dollar man. Thank you. Uh, this looks to be the new version of Vash and not the OG version, um, but it's still a good looking figure. So, which is why I said try to stampede because that's the, the um, <laughs> that is the current version. Um, it retails for two hundred dollars and will ship between uh, January and March of twenty twenty four, and it is available. It will be available from. Um, Kotobuyuki through Sideshow looks like. So if you are on, uh, if you're watching the video version, here's a here's an image. Here's another image. A couple other image. Here's one last image. Check them out. Looks good. Next up, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! Apparel will have fans looking cooler than Blue Eyes White Dragon. Animate's new Yu-Gi-Oh! Apparel collection will make fans and duelists look as cool as the franchise's iconic monsters. According to Comic Natalie, the clothing line features multiple items like t-shirts, stadium jackets, and hoodies, and the designs are inspired by classic monsters such as Dark Magician Girl and Blue Eyes White Dragon. I don't remember him yelling out Dark Magician Girl. I thought it was just Dark Magician. No, Dark Magician Girl came later. Oh, that was a later character. Okay. I just remember mm-hmm. like in the, the, the few times I watched the Yu-Gi-Oh, I remember Dark Magician being one of the cards he played. Yeah, because he could play it every freaking time. <laughs> every freaking match. I didn't watch him. that many, so I you know, it seemed like I saw it, you know, often. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And I did. So that's why I I, I know for a fact those are pretty much every duel that's Dark Magician. F- that's funny. You can pre-order these, right? You can pre-order on Animate's website until July 23rd, and shipping will begin towards the end of September. If you're watching the video version, you just saw uh, the, the uh, some samples of the shirts. They look kind of basic. But hey, still, have at it if you want to. Uh, Critical Role launches a new tabletop RPG with a free quick start guide. Candela Obscura is the name of the the uh, next live streaming series from Critical Role, which premieres, I guess, tonight. Because um, is it Thursday yet? And yes, it is. Uh, it says, ahead of the highly anticipated new series, the Troops Darrington Press imprint has released a quick start guide that includes a preview of the Illuminated World's rule set that the, that the action will be based on. It is accompanied by a how-to-play video guide led by game designer Spencer Stark of Alice is Missing Fame, if you know that game. Um, so cool. Uh, this video kind of describes how to play. Um, uh, 
as we speak, I'm sure that uh, the the, uh, the 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 Twitch stream is going on for Critical Role because that's usually when they record. So, uh, if you know, I'm sure you are not watching us. You're probably watching them. Um, it says video demand release is scheduled for June 8th. So, there you go. And you can download the Candela Obscura Quick Start Guide at Darrington Press website, which is in the article. Uh, on the uh, in the show notes. Next up, all right. In celebration of the fiftieth fiftieth anniversary of Dungeons and Dragons, the seminal tabletop role playing game, they uh, w- the publisher of the current Dungeons and Dragons uh, books, Wizards of the Coast, revealed that they are revive they are publishing revisions of all three of the best selling fifth edition core rule books the player's handbook dungeon master's guide and monster manual but the problem is they can't seem to find a printing partner that can make all three of them in a timely fashion so they're going to be staggered releases and hopefully they aren't too far apart because they do want to jump on this apparently the player's handbook is one of the best selling books all the time on amazon mhm uh, and actually, before I found this article, I was actually in the store looking at a fifth edition, edition, edition thinking about buying it. Oh, I, now you can wait for the 2024 version. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess this is good this came along because I was like, you know what? I had a copy and I don't know where it is. Uh, so, and granted, it's a much older copy, though. So it is what it is. Oh, you mean uh, you mean older than fifth edition? Right. Oh, okay. I thought you meant fifth edition as opposed to like a fifth edition that was from 2016. No, 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 gotcha, no, no, no. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I had old the old Red Book. Oh old wow, book. yeah. No, I think I've got a third edition floating around here. Third or fourth edition, I think. I think it's is it a second or third? I can't remember which one. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think I've got a third or fourth yeah. one floating around here. Yeah, like pre Wizards of the Coast, I think. Oh, you had a TSR joint. That might be. Oh no, 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 no. I think I've got the first. The, I think I've got the first Wizards of the Coast one on my shelf. Yeah, because round because Wizards of the Coast was like third or fourth, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when they swarmed over everything, uh, thanks to uh, Agent Seventy for this next article and potentially getting me to spend some money. Marvel Legends Amazon exclusive West Coast Avengers box set has been revealed and uh, is on uh, pre order starting today as of this recording, actually. So this was revealed by Screen Rant. Uh, it is out on Amazon. If you're watching the video, you can see the uh, the crew entailed minus Hawkeye. You got your your. Um, this is the later iteration, obviously, um, because not the 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 original crew. We got a, a redo of the Iron Man, Silver Centurion. You got Julian Carpenter, Spider Woman, uh, Hank Pym in his Doctor Pym moniker. Uh, uh, Mockingbird, as and as we noted, without the the big sleeves, uh, and Tigra. So, yeah, I think this is this is it's a good set. I'm probably gonna get it. And um, the the Mockingbird, while not the one, like I said, <laughs> I was gonna make a joke to Age of Seventy before the show, like how will she hide her battle staves? <laughs> but but I did not get to do that. But as you can see, as I'm flipping through the the, the thing, yeah, this is when she had the the, the short, the short. Uh, well, I mean, she mostly always had it, but still, the 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 short kind of bikini with the the big sleeves. But in this case, not the big sleeves, right? So, nevertheless, it is it is a thing. And I was we were also talking. It's like, where's Firebird? 
<laughs> this was totally the era that Firebird would have been with this iteration of um, Hank Pym. Yep. After after Tiger dumped him, and he almost committed suicide. Well, okay, we're not going to talk about that. And they don't either, apparently. Um, so, yeah, that's out there. Wait, do we have a price? Uh, I guess we have to click through and find out. And it's not even on the link that they have. That's funny. I'm sure that's out there. Oh, wait. It's an Amazon exclusive, so we can find it. Yeah, I know, but and there's a Sky Cycle. Um, but it wasn't, but the, the the link that they have on here does not link to that particular thing. Oh, that's interesting. I see. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I did it also. I clicked it and it didn't, and it went to another set. Yep, but there's Laser Shoot Wonder Man. Yeah. Right? Yeah, look at that. You know what I was going to say is uh, the Sky Cycle is 50 bills. Look at that. Mm-hmm. In that, yep. So yeah, that's uh, it's it's. I know I have it in my um in my list, but uh, I, don't, I don't have to happen one day or the other. Anyway, next up. <laughs> no, no, no. I was gonna say no. I'm scrolling down. Damn it. <laughs> damn it. And that's what happens. You know, you open up Amazon to see Marvel Legends, and you end up scrolling down to see what's available and what's on sale. Exactly. Like, oh. Yes, exactly. It's like, oh, I wanted this. Do you want me to do this next one while you're doing that, or? Nah, I'm gonna jump back. Actually, you know what? You take this one, yeah, because this is a video game one. Please. Okay, sure. Um, Marvel's Spider-Man Two gameplay has been revealed, and this actually um, from yesterday's PlayStation showcase that happened as of yesterday, as of this recording. That uh, this was the. Uh, uh, this was the game that ended the show and by showing a bunch of gameplay that looks really, really good. Uh, started out with a little bit of Craven the Hunter uh, while going into some um, Peter and Miles, Peter in Venom costume uh, and and Miles getting into some action uh, for a certain reason, which I won't go into. Uh, but yeah, it looks good that, um, you know, Insomniac, does some good shit. They did the, the last, you know, the Miles Morales uh, game and the original Spider-Man, um, uh, Marvel Spider-Man that they did. Great looking stuff, great playing stuff. And this looks to continue that on. Uh, and then this is coming out. Uh, wait, when is this coming out? I forgot. I think it's November uh, of this year on PlayStation 5. It says fall. So, yeah, it's probably November, but it doesn't give uh, an exact date. But yeah, good looking stuff. I got to finish the first two games, and then I can be able to get into this. Right next, I up. just I just found the Wacko set. It's one hundred twenty five dollars. Okay, thanks. Oh, that's times five. It's five figures, right? So it's five. I know. Times I know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's not that's not terrible. I guess. Yeah, yeah because everything's twenty five dollars now. That's the ki- that's what you have to remember. It's going to go down if it doesn't sell out. So, right. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Iron Man gets a new right. Iron Man gets a new. No, I just have to scroll down one. Iron Man gets a new code name and armor as Marvel's next Black King. So this is a Hellfire Club related story. So he's going to be fighting alongside mutant kind as they battle a shared foe. All right. This is hearkening back to that um, inversion armor that he wore. And that doesn't fill me with uh <laughs> with good times. Right. That was weird. But yeah. But hey, it's coming up soon, so we'll 
We will definitely be talking about it. Yep. Meet the G-O-D-S, the gods, thanks to Jonathan Hickman and Valerio Schiti, uh, in a set of new variant covers this um, August. So, let's see. Da, 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 da. Uh, all right. If you've read uh, the free comic book day, Avengers uh, slash X-Men number one, you will kind of get a tease of, uh, of, of the folks in question. Uh, Aiko, Maki, Dimitri, Cubic's Core, and Mia. And all of those people mentioned are getting variant covers in August. Uh, apparently with with um, uh, Universe Staples. So you got, uh, as, uh, as I'm uh, scrolling through, you got Doctor Strange and Wynn. All right. Well, okay. You don't want me to do that. That's fine. I don't have to do that. <laughs> I was going to scroll through the uh, the pictures, but it, it, it all of a sudden will not let me. But yeah, they're there, so you can check it check them out to uh, check them out yourself. Um, and you have the creative uh, the the variant covers creatives and the uh, the books that they are going to be um, showcased in. And there is a few of them throughout the mark uh, throughout the first throughout um, August. Next up. So fresh on the heels, if you heard er, the, the the episode that we dropped earlier this week, fresh on the heels of the Marvel announcement that they are reprinting the run of Rom Space Knight in two omnibus versions. Fresh on that, fresh off the heels of that news, from the edges of inner space, the Micronauts are returning to Marvel, Marvel Comics in all new omnibus collections. So we're going to have a volume one that collects issues one through 29 and an annual. And then, uh, yeah, so I guess it's going to be those. Yeah, that that's going to be it. Volume one hardcover. That's what, that's what, that's what's going to collect them. And there's going to be a facsimile edition of the number one. Wow. Look at that. Hasbro's playing ball because apparently there, there's something up their sleeve. Well, yeah, I mean, Hasbro being the owner of the license, I'm more kind of more worried about IDW, who had the license, uh, but are actually losing license. So we're going to wonder if this is denoting whether they're actually, and I think I said this on the last show, right. whether they're losing, fully losing those licenses. Right. And they may possibly be reverting back to Marvel. Some. Or not maybe. reverting, but or at least rejoining Marvel. Right. So, like I said, some like Agent Seventy would would uh, welcome that idea. <laughs> At least Rom, right? And wouldn't it be funny if Micronauts rejoined and they they appeared in like you know something related to Ant Man, right? You um, know, it'd be funny if they got bought out. You know, as, right, as IP. Wasn't one of them ended up becoming a Guardian of the Galaxy? Yeah, uh, Bug. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. And they, as far as I know, as far as we know, Derek is still around, so I don't know. Um, I saw somebody on Twitter when this, as this news was coming out saying, hopefully some of this money or most of this money is going to Bill Mantlo, who is, um, you know, uh, has been receiving a uh, uh, hospice. Yeah. Hus- no, no, I was about to say he's in long-term care because of a injury from a, a car accident, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, he's been... You know, in long term care. 
Right. So hopefully he is getting some of the some or if not most of the money from these uh, from this and the ROM hardcovers that are uh, being reprinted. Yeah. So hopefully big. Hopefully big chunks of the money. Exactly. Uh, George R. R. Martin's Wild Cards now and then first look. So this is a new graphic uh, graphic novel. In that's me. I just uh, I put oh. that I put that there so that you could take a look at the link. Okay. Uh, look at that in a second. Uh, George R. R. Martin's Wild Cards Universe expands with the first original graphic novel written by New York Times bestselling author Carrie Vaughn and features art by Eisner Award uh, nominated Renee DeLiz. George R. R. Martin's Wild Cards Now and Then offers a new point of entry into the Wild Cards superhero universe, which Martin has been editing and overseeing. I'm going to say since 1987, since this, this article uh, may possibly has, has a typo in it. Uh, and which has long been in development as a live-action television series, most recently at Peacock, apparently. Another typo with dude's name. Come on, you just did this right. Um, <laughs> but it goes into the synopsis of said book, which I will not... Um, but yeah, I, I know there are fans of this uh, of this out there that and uh, this will be going on sale July twenty fifth. So and there is a um, set of preview pages on this article if you are uh, interested in checking that out. Next up, alrighty. So uh, Image Comics has left Diamond Comic Distributor as. Um, as its main distributor, it is moving its comic book distribution to Lunar Distributions with a new exclusive distribution agreement that will kick in with comic books released into comic book shops in September. So right now, the way it stands, Lunar, which is the exclusive distributor of DC, will now be, be the exclusive distributor of Image. And we have Penguin Random House, which is the exclusive distributor of Marvel, IDW, and Dark Horse. Diamond still has exclusive deals with Boom, Dynamite, Ablaze, Titan, Aftershock Comics, and Frank Miller Presents and has non-exclusive deals with a number of other comic book companies. Diamond also still has its current arrangement with Marvel Comics, where it acts as a wholesaler for Image Comics and graphic novels in the direct market. All right. Uh, yeah, and in a related story, Roddy Cat will pick up. Yeah, but but first, um, just a little uh, behind the scenes uh, anecdotes. So uh, uh, I usually go and get the the covers uh, that are shown when we talk about the books. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and the site I usually use is preview site, which I believe is is Diamond Site. Yes, uh, if I'm mistaken. Uh, and all of the publishers have their, all of the major publishers have their own section. Well, a couple of weeks ago, Image was gone, not from this, not from the, from the site, just from their having their own section. And I saw, um, I, I guess from the show, we Bruce West kind of ask about that, and I think someone told him that they took themselves out of that prestige thing. So the, you can still find them on the page. They're just down with like the rest of the books and right, the regular comics, comics yeah. Right, which kind of makes it a hassle for me because it was easier to find them that way, find all the books, and now they have them jumbled up with all the other stuff, and now I've got to kind of weed through that stuff to find their, their books every week. Um, but I assume in relation to this, now we understand. Now I guess that makes sense. Is the more sense as to why they did that? Right, presumably. 
Like, so, why did such things happen? Right. So it was kind of a curious thing, and now this kind of sheds a little bit more light on it than, than not. Now, last book, last story uh, was actually um, a story that Agent 70 found into something that we were kind of wondering about before this week. Uh, a serious truck accident for Diamond Comic Distributors happened in New York, because everything happens in New York. Right. Upstate, though. Yes. Um, and this happened um, on the 24th, which is... I was about to say, and just to and hold that thought, just to remind everybody, anything north of the Bronx is upstate. <laughs> but, you know, we, there, there's some contention on that. Go ahead. Right. Well, excuse me. I'm sorry. It was reported because uh, because this was the books from yes that was supposed to go to stores yesterday the 24th which is new comic book day uh we found out about this from um um our co-host dirt who had found out about who had heard about it but had not seen it reported anywhere right um, right it probably worked uh, through the channel the uh the retail channels that he's still familiar with so right so we were kind of wondering whether we were going to be, you know, short on books, but review, review books, um, digital free books, re, you know, books might not, you know, have to worry about that same channel, obviously, because this is a physical truck with physical books. Um, uh, but basically, this there was an accident that happened. Um, I believe Diamond said they would, um, whatever has been damaged or destroyed will be replaced uh, in next for next week's shipment. Uh, whatever that might be so yeah if you go to your uh local comic book shop this week and find out that uh, a book or two of yours is, is not uh not there and you know it's supposed to come out this week that would probably be the reason why so i don't know so wait uh but this so this happened in new york but this was specifically for that area well they distribute from that point of distribution to much of the northeast if that 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 was always my understanding that was like they're right. they so, just so, moved to this warehouse right so we don't know where particularly these books uh are ultimately were supposed to end up basically right, right. so but like i said the, the same thing i just said stands uh stands the same uh and that folks is it and yet this article actually notes that this is not the first time this has happened because, yes, I remember something like that ended up actually affecting the show a few years ago. Right. Because of when we were still both getting, going to the store and getting books regularly. Yep, 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 yep. But anyway, that, folks, is it for the news. Uh, can we get one last ad read? You know what we read as an ad read when it is late and it's our last Ad for the night. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends, as we may do very shortly. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment. It helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. All right, folks. And that is uh, the end of the show. Before we go, I want to reiterate the fact that next week uh, we're going to go on movie protocol for Spider-Man Across the the, uh, Spider-Verse. Oh, thank you. Hit that again. 
We will keep you abreast of when we actually record next week. Um, Cause I'm sure we will have uh, bunches and bunches of thoughts. On, oh, on sure. Highly anticipated movie. Oh, sure. I mean, what we've heard so far from advanced reviews is that uh, there are, it's, Obviously, a much darker theme may, in fact, be more sad. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Look, I looked at none of that. I'm like, I'm going in fresh. Right. Right. So, I mean, we all kind of had an idea that that might be what oh, happened. Yeah. So that's oh, not yeah, it, yeah. like that's why I mentioned it. I'm like, that's not that big a surprise. Well, based on and you kind of tell based on the trailer. So, yeah, you're right. You know, you're that's right. why that's that, that is all that is the entirety of what I would say. That's even mildly spoiling this movie. Right. Uh, that being the case, folks, uh, I have been Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at Newsnet's Need on Twitter. You can find me at CP Caps on Instagram. Uh, there's some new posts up on CP Caps. Go check them out. Um, uh, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PC underscore dirt on Twitter, PopCultureNet and PopCultureNetwork.com and all of the umbrella sites they're in. Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter, uh, CB Cron on Twitter, uh, the Click Nation on Twitter. That's T H E K L I Q N A T I O N. The ClickNation dot com, and of course, uh, he is over there at uh, ComicBook.com as uh, Timothy Adams, writing his face off. Don't watch Face Off; it's a terrible movie. I said it, and I meant it. <laughs> Um, you can find this here podcast on uh, the Coastal of the Podcast Network, the CSPN.us. Do it today. Seriously, there's much better John Woo movies. Hell, Mission Impossible 2, by the way. Great movie. I don't care which people think. Fight me. Uh, you can also find this here podcast on your podcast for the place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially if you're doing it on Apple Podcasts. If we ever had the time to do like another podcast, I would kind of love it to be like a, let's watch a movie and, and talk about it while we're watching. Like yeah. almost. But, you know, I don't know if we would ever have time to do such a thing. Regardless, uh, what we will have time for is uh, recording this here podcast uh, sometime next week. But normally we record on Thursdays on uh, the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's YouTube.com slash The Click Nation and Twitch.tv slash Comic Chronicles. Make sure to hit like, subscribe, and hit the notification button so you know when we are broadcasting. Yep, and especially so as for the aforementioned um, movie protocol for next week. So, boom, yeah. And with that, folks, this has been the Cumber Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One. Wakanda forever! 